Welcome back to Revise and Resubmit, a 10-ish minute podcast where I chat with academic writers about their approach to writing. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Brown, Assistant Professor in the Couple, Marriage, and Family Therapy Program at Texas Tech University. On today's episode of Revise and Resubmit, once again, I have a head cold, and with me I have Dr. Jeremy Jorgensen. He is an associate professor of the, in the School of Family Life and director of the gerontology program at Brigham Young University. He has published numerous journal articles and book chapters over the years, approximately 30 of which are involved with student co-authors. Recently published, he's recently published in journals such as Journals of uh, Gerontology, Psychological Sciences, Family Relations, Journal of Family Psychology, the International Journal of Aging and Human Development, and the Journal of Family Issues. So each June, he teaches a three-day workshop on structural equation modeling with couple or family data. Um, You can find more information about this uh, uh, three-day workshop at familystudiescenter.byu.edu. Once again, that's familystudiescenter.byu.edu. He is also currently accepting master's and doctoral students if you're interested in working with them at BYU. So uh, first off, uh, tell me a little bit more about this workshop. Um, I have been a previous student of yours in structural equation modeling. I know firsthand that you're a fantastic instructor of teaching really complex stuff. Talk to me a little bit more about this workshop. Well, it's a a hands-on workshop, and so we uh, we encourage people to bring your own data, and we've built in time slots where you work with your data and you do the things that we've been showing you and teaching you how to do so it's a it's a the goal is to help people get their own analyses done and in a in an environment that's supportive we've got a you know a bunch of people there to help out and um the the first day of it is basically here's how to use m plus and then the second and third days are more into Structural equation modeling and longitudinal applications. Yeah, yeah. So really hands-on, it sounds like. Very hands-on. That's fantastic. Well, great. Sounds like a cool opportunity. Well, let's jump right in. Oh, first off, I totally forgot to mention this. Uh, Dr. Jorgensen is also a fantastic juggler, fly fisher, and uh, loves early morning basketball. I don't think I've added anybody on the show yet that's a great juggler. This is a a great thing. I think we need to pull that out at some point in time. Yeah. Well, if I could do it on the air here, I I would do it for you, but... (laughs) All right, so so talk to me. What is the best advice anyone ever gave you about academic writing? So uh, most students, or most professors even, are okay writers. You know, and we learn as we go along the way. But the, the challenge we find is actually making the time to do it and forcing ourselves to do it when we don't really want to. So the best advice I've ever was given is to write 15 minutes a day whether that's your thesis or your dissertation or the next paper you got to get published so you can get tenure. And when you do that, it stays in your head. So you don't have to try and remember, okay, now what was I writing? And it, it also just moves the paper forward. Okay. All 15 right. minutes a day at least. You can do more, but at least 15. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what do you think is the most prominent struggles you encounter as a prolific writer in writing? And then how do you overcome it, push through it? Um, I don't know that I would call myself a prolific writer, Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be modest. uh, Don't be modest. The the hardest part for me is writing literature reviews. Um, I I really struggle with them. And so what I've found that really helps me is reading. So when I read a bunch of papers, then they get into my head and I take furious notes as I'm reading. And then writing literature reviews becomes easier for me. I'm able to synthesize what's there. You know, I kind of spread it out in front of me. 
Um, but I, I, I really struggle with that for some reason. That's the hardest work for me on a paper is the literature review. Yeah, and so you'd recommend reading other people's literature review or just reading in general? Uh, the papers that you're going to cite. Mm. So, you know, if you... I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm trying to take a shortcut <laughs> or something with my writing. But you really need to know the papers that you're... That, you know, the literature. Who's your audience? Who are you talking to? And what have they done? And what are the strengths? And what are the what are the gaps that still need to be filled? And how do they connect with each other? And and so when I get my head into the literature, then writing the literature review becomes much easier. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Great advice. All right. So uh, what do you think is the most common mistake that young writers, new writers make when academic in academic writing? Um. I, I'm just guessing that this is the most common mistake. <laughs> or maybe mistakes that you've seen. <clears throat> probably polish as you go. Mm. You know, wanting, what do you mean? Wanting each sentence to be exact before you finish the paragraph. Wanting the paragraph to be exact before you finish uh, that section. You know, wanting a section to be perfect until you... And, and the problem that you run into, and I, I probably have done this many times myself, but is... Uh, you end up with a great introduction section, and then it just kind of, the, the quality goes down as you go, and then your discussion section's like, well, probably need to spend a little more time on this. Yeah, okay, so so what is your process of not, so it sounds like you don't edit as you go. Do you I, edit I, per page? Do you, how, how does that work for you? No, I do edit as I go. I mean, I, but it doesn't have to be the final draft. Mm. That's, I think that's the issue. So, you know, you can make it nice along the way. That's fine. And, and in fact, why write a sentence twice when you can do it once, you know? So... Yeah, sounds fantastic, so, so right? I, yeah. I, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm okay with having high-quality writing the first time. Of course. But I don't think you need to go through and make it perfect, <laughs> uh, every part perfect, before you get to the next section. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, okay. So, um... Uh, in our field, as you know, and probably have experienced, uh, criticism, rejection, critique um, is very common uh, when you submit things for peer review in academic journals, for book chapters, for writing a book, working with editors. Feedback is often given whether you want it or not. So what recommendations do you have in the sense of, of helping deal with that or cope with that or work with that criticism and rejection? Well, um so editors purposefully speak in a negative tone so that people don't get oh don't overinterpret what they're trying to say in a positive way <laughs> and so uh, they will commonly speak in a kind of a harsh tone or a uh, anyway, so the first point is to not take it personally. And in fact, I've been on papers where the letter is so negative that me or my co-authors don't know that it's a revise and resubmit. <laughs> and so, you know, that was, you know, when I was first starting out, I remember getting a revise and resubmit, and I thought it was a reject. And I went to my mentor, and I'm like, you know, what am I supposed to make of this? And and it turns out that it was a great paper, make all these major changes, and maybe we'll publish it, you know. <laughs> and so just learning what that jargon is. Okay. And, and then let's say that they are straight-up rejects. Uh, you're going to get those. And... Uh, 
I'll have to say one of my favorite papers, and maybe a good paper, I don't know, uh, is one that was rejected from several journals before it was even reviewed. And so I really I want to say that it was maybe the fourth journal we sent it to that it got published in, and it turned out to be a really good journal. Wow. And wow. Uh, just happened to be a, an area where there were a number of good journals to go to. So, so you know, don't give up. If, if you get a critique from, from one place, usually when a, a paper is rejected, it could be because of the quality of the paper. But if, you have, if you're convinced you have a good quality product, it's usually a matter of fit. And so if your paper's not fitting in, in a place and you're trying to kind of force it, you might look and see, okay, what other places could we look to here that um, might have a better fit where, where, again, your paper speaks to the audience of the paper well. Right, right. Okay, so uh, I know you mentioned that you work regularly with students um, as a part of your position in publishing. I know you work with many co-authors as well. Mm-hmm. What recommendations or tips do you have in best utilizing or working with co-authors? Okay, well, um, so I'm going to give you a suggestion that I don't always follow. Okay. But as a good one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so if you can have a pattern of quick turnaround, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, and so, and, and I've had many papers that were quick turnaround papers where I get it from my co-author, my colleague, I do my work on it and send it right back to them. And when that happens, then you, then they do the same thing and things move along much more quickly. That's not always possible, but when you can have those kinds of papers, they just, it, it turns out to be a better experience for everybody. Yeah. Okay. So I would say quick turnaround is my suggestion. Yeah. So how do you find co-authors that can help with quick turnaround uh, that I think that's exactly it you will find some co-authors that are very busy or other things are priority yeah and so then you find other co-authors <laughs> uh, sometimes the slower turnaround people are our advisors or our mentors who are maybe further along in their career and they've got administrative duties or things like that and, right right and so it's it's understandable sometimes when th- when there's a slow turnaround right <laughs> I'm, I'm justifying my yeah. slow turnaround sometimes uh, <laughs> that's what it's starting to sound like a little bit yeah but, but so we recognize that that sometimes happens or there maybe there's a busy time or something's going on in someone's life of course and, and always be cordial always be kind and uh, but yeah look for the people that have quick turnarounds and then write more papers with them and you'll be more productive <laughs> okay so I would love for you to reflect upon when you first got into academic writing um, I would imagine while you were still in school that type of thing what is something that you wish you would have known very first starting out like sitting in front of uh, a computer typing um, starting to write stuff out or notes. I want you to think about that time, reflecting on that time now. What do you wish you would have known about academic writing then that would have helped you at that moment? Um, I mean, there's a lot that you pick up along the way yeah. that you just can't learn except for by experience. So it would be nice to know what I know now then, but all of everything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I would say that so in academia our jobs are a marathon and I think we're in graduate school 
in postdoc and positions, whatever we're doing early on in our careers, we're sprinting. We're running for our lives. We're trying to get a job. We're trying to keep a job. Yeah. And and it turns out that this is not a sprint race. It's actually a marathon. And so I think I wish I would have maybe um, I don't know, I think it's maybe a matter of perspective or expectations. And so number of papers is really less important and high quality and high quality outlets. You know, when you can do high quality work and join the conversations that are going on in high quality outlets, that that can have a different impact on your career than if than if the mentality which I've had at times is low-hanging fruit and you know run as fast as you can kind of thing mm, yeah so anyway advice. yeah and maybe to, to go along with that um, as soon as you're able I mean graduate school is a time to explore and so you write about many different things but as soon as you're able to um, identify your area or areas of interest and then to hone in on those and, and run with those and try not to be as spread out as I guess that I'm, I learned from experience that that might have been a little more helpful okay. early on for me. Okay, so uh, would you recommend any books or readings or anything like that that would help uh, young writers, new writers, things that kind of stuck with you? I thought about this question, Cameron, and um, here's my recommendation. So, uh, when I was trying to learn how to write, I would read papers written by the editors of the journals I was submitting to. Wow, that's and great advice. To me, that was how do you write? How do you write to this journal? How do you write to this editor? And I would just look at their style. How do they introduce a paper? How do they review literature? How, what, how do they formulate their questions or hypotheses? What kinds of tables or figures do they use? And how do they discuss their findings? And so I found that to be super helpful. I'm writing a paper to put one of their papers right next to mine and just kind of flesh out what are my ideas using a similar style. And as you use mature styles, then you start to think like that and you start to write more like that and they become your own. And so I wouldn't say one editor in particular and people have different styles. And you, So then you pick up things that you like from different places. Yeah, yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Well, Dr. Jorgensen, thank you very, very, very much for taking time out of your conference to come and chat with us on Revise and Resubmit. Any other parting words for these new academic writers? Uh, no, go get them. This is, it's, it's exciting. It's really fun to write and make a contribution and, and publish things. And uh, so it, you really, your work will make a difference. So, so do it. Okay, great. Well, thank you again for being on the show. We'll have to have you again on, on it in the future. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks very much. Revise and Resubmit is proudly supported by Texas Tech University's Department of Community, Family, and Addiction Sciences, as well as my program, Couple Marriage and Family Therapy. Want to see more about what we do, our research, and our fantastic undergraduate and graduate programs? Find us on the web by simply searching for Texas Tech CFAS. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Revise Podcast or find us on the web at bit.ly slash Revise Podcast. Share your writing tips, ideas, or someone you want to hear on the show. Special thanks to our fantastic doctoral interns, Benjamin Finlayson and Doug McPhee for assisting in the production of this podcast. Join us on the next submission of Revise and Resubmit.